Welcome to Verbal Processing. You have season two all about encouraging moms. Here on Verbal Processing, we make it our mission to encourage young moms who might feel isolated. Young moms love their children, but sometimes they're a little desperate for some hope and conversation with someone other than their offspring. That's where I come in. Thanks for joining me. My name's Jenny, and today I'm going to be bringing you a couple thoughts on motherhood, um, which while that is our overarching theme here, um, my oldest is turning 17, and so um, I'm feeling very nostalgic, and I kind of just wanted to share some of the things um, that I've learned along the way, some of the things that surprised me, um, as well as some hope and encouragement for you today. So like I said, my oldest child will turn 17 shortly. This is the age that I gave birth to him. This is also the age my mother gave birth to me. So this feels like a pivotal moment um, in my story, in our story, um, for reasons I think will kind of remain elusive. They're like shining bubbles too high for my grasp. Try as I might, they um, escape my reach. However, I do have some thoughts on mothering in general that I'd like to share, as well as a few thoughts on the process. Number one, my highest honor and my greatest privilege is being a mom. Yes, even now that my oldest is almost 17, and even though he's almost nearly grown, in some ways... It continues to be my highest honor and privilege um, in a way that is now more than ever. I'm beginning to see uh, the results of, you know, almost two decades of work. When I was a child, all I ever wanted was to be a mom. And yet there, that was not an acceptable answer in the 90s when someone asked what you wanted to do or be when you grew up. When people asked what you wanted to be when you grew up, you were supposed to say you wanted to be a career woman. My picture of this was always the red leather briefcase, a mobile phone, because they weren't cell phones yet, and power suits. You weren't supposed to say that you wanted to spend your time caring for your family and your home. However, being a mom is more than living out a childhood dream for me. Yes, that's a huge part of it, but it's also more than that. Being a mom has meant dying to myself in a myriad of ways for these little and now not so little people, and that has brought me... um, strength and courage and joy that I never would have realized on the other side of this on you know at the beginning being a mom has been a journey toward health and healing that was spurred on by my children um, by the desire to provide my children with a stable and loving home my children have taught me almost as much as I've taught them and I'm so grateful to be their mama Number two, this point may come as a shock, but I don't really regret my teenage pregnancy. Um, Frankly, my oldest child was the best thing that ever happened to me, and I really wouldn't want to do over. I do have regrets, but Benjamin has never been one of them. Now, I do wish that, do I wish Zach and I had waited until marriage? Uh, Of course I do. I would be a wretched fool not to. I wish we had been able to come to our marriage completely pure um, for each other. And I certainly desire better for my children. And we often have rather frank discussions around that entire topic. In fact, my kids know that we, their parents, did not do things in the right order. But I've also made sure over and over that my son knows that he is not a mistake. The mistake is on me and Zach. Um, He was an undeserved blessing, a grace given from God, a gift that two stupid teenagers, frankly, did not deserve. And a bit more personally and selfishly, Ben was the impetus for my own personal healing. 
healing started with him. I knew that I had to be the very best version of myself in order to raise this little person within me. Um, so when I was pre- 17 and pregnant, um, I kind of set out on a journey of trying to learn and and grow and become a whole person. And obviously you can't do that immediately. And at 17, you really don't have the wherewithal or the maturity. Um, but that was my intention and that was my goal. And healing did start with him. And I'm so grateful that God loved me and Zach enough to grace us with a blessing that we just frankly did not deserve. Point number three, my children are not content. I became a mom right around the height of the blogging, mommy blogging years. And from the beginning, I've only sparingly written intimate details or spoken about my children publicly. I've rarely posted their photos on the internet, and this is all very much intentional. After all, early on, I was concerned with their privacy, their autonomy, and their uh, the ability for my children to craft their own narrative. This has more to do with a personal preference, and I'm not saying you're a bad mother if you plaster your kid's face all over social media. This has more to do with what has worked for our family. And do I see the strange dichotomy of um, talking about my oldest turning 17 and also saying that they're not content? Yes, yes, I do. Um, I usually try to err on the side of um, sharing authentically about my motherhood and what that's meant for me without sharing intimate details of my children's life. And I hope that makes sense to you. And along these lines, frankly, I'm glad I did not grow up during this age of the internet. The internet is forever, and we are just now beginning to realize the damage social media can do um, to our brains, to our health, to our psyche, to our emotions. There are many things that have changed with my parenting journey, but my children's privacy is still important to me and still something that matters deeply to me, perhaps even more so as my children age. My fourth thought concerning motherhood is that you will change your mind. Your parenting philosophies will shift. It's inevitable. That's why it's vital to build your parenting philosophy around God's word and the principles that are found in God's word instead of culture and the shifting sands. I was often frustrated as a young mom in my 20s, in my 20s, that there weren't more directions in scripture around parenting. Um, I know now that this is because while some truths are timeless and for everyone, the rest of parenting is highly individualistic. As parents, it's our job to seek God daily and get his directions and leading for how to raise our children. It's deeply personal and it's not formulaic. God doesn't parent us by a formula, so why should we expect to do the same for our children? We have to depend on God's word instead of man's parenting for formulas. And when we do, um, we'll be leading our children down the best possible path. Point number five, having teenagers is awesome. Don't let the world influence you on this one. The process of leading your young people into adulthood is an amazing and awesome responsibility. I enjoy conversations with my teenagers on theology, books, music, politics, and many more topics. I enjoy them far more than I ever could have anticipated when we had three little boys under the age of five. At that time, I thought the little years were the best years. Um, I absolutely loved being the mom of littles. Um, But now I would be hard pressed to choose between toddlerhood and teenage years because they're both pretty magical. Now there is a part of raising teenagers that has surprised me. Um, It's the line of where they need us and where they don't. It feels like this is always shifting. In many ways, even though my oldest is almost grown, we still have to reevaluate 
often. At 17, for the most part, he is his own man. He sets his work schedule, his school schedule, and I trust him implicitly to make good decisions. I trust him to act with integrity. And yet, with all his choices and autonomy, he still needs parental guidance. Um, my job is not completely over. He still needs my guidance, my influence, and my wisdom. And sometimes he needs me, with that trust, to go ahead and verify and make sure he is um, keeping up with his schoolwork and chores and that he is um, being wise with his finances and things like that. Now, he owns the majority of his time and his decisions. However, he's not quite fully grown yet. It's a process. And that's where Zach and I still um, come alongside and we have a lot of conversations. There's very little um, actual, you know, discipline or um, correction. It's there are a lot of conversations. And I think when my children were younger, I was under the impression that adulthood came all at once. But for our family and for our oldest in particular, it's been like a slow unfurling um, through greater and greater responsibility. And really that process of letting go and giving him more independence began when Ben was about 12. It didn't happen at 16 or, you know, now at 17. Uh, a lot of his decision making and owning his education and responsibilities started around 12. It hasn't been instant. It has been gradual. And that part has surprised me. Um, point number six on my thoughts on motherhood are you will fail your kids. It is an inevitable. I was so caught up on being the perfect mom in my 20s. I would lay in bed at night full of self-recrimination. I would beat myself up over every minor flaw from that day. What a waste of precious time and energy. You need Jesus. Your kids need Jesus. When you feel, I'm sorry, when you fall and you will apologize point them to the one who will never fail them. This is an opportunity to infuse the gospel into our daily life, into our kids' daily lives. Number seven, don't over-explain or over-complicate matters. I love to explain things. I have a show entitled Verbal Processing, okay? But when my kids were little and occasionally even now, I have the tendency to over-explain why something was wrong and what the correct behavior um, sh should have been and what they should do next time and pos possible exceptions to that rule. Add nausea. Instead, just be direct, be honest with your kids, be brief in your explanations. Here's a hint. If your kid's eyes are glazed over, then you've talked too much on that subject. Ask me how I know. Number eight, um, it goes hand in hand with the fact that our children are not, um, content. I do not own my kid's story, and then I need to be really careful around crafting a narrative for them about who they are, or what I think their individual talents are, or any of the issues related to this. It's my job to raise my, lovingly raise my children. It's not my job to craft a narrative for their life. That is between them and God. Telling their story, explaining their journey, um, those things are their prerogative, which means I don't get to narrate even how they view my job as a parent. If I'm honest, this aspect is a little terrifying because I don't get to dictate how they view their time spent at home with their father and I. Um, I don't get to dictate how they view homeschooling when they're adults or any of those other related topics. For better or worse, my children will evaluate the way that I parented. I hope they know that I did my best and I hope that it was good enough. I hope I have proved a solid foundation for them. I hope that I've taught them to be self-directed and motivated and to um, be lifelong learners, but I don't get to dictate how they view my parenting when they're adults. They may wish that we had um, put them in sports. They may have wished that we never moved um, 
that we had homeschooled or that we had not homeschooled that we had done a number of things that we just didn't do i can't change how they view their time at home because i don't own their story they do i am their mother but i don't get to control how they view um, their childhood when they're grown my ninth thought on mothering is there are far more non-moral issues than moral ones. When my boys were small, I thought this was the opposite. I thought nearly every issue was a moral issue. Now I find myself with my flag planted firmly in the realm of nuance. Of course, I still believe in a right and wrong. I just don't believe that clothing, hairstyles, tattoos, piercings, music styles, or book genres necessarily fall into the morality category. They can, but they don't automatically have to. If something deliberately and directly dishonors God, then obviously it's wrong, the end. But God and his wisdom has created a world with all kinds of different preferences and unique individuals. In regards to music, art, and journal aesthetics, many of those issues are just our preference. We cannot dictate to our child's preferred style. We actually can dictate our child's preferred style, um but we would do well to consider whether or not this is taking charge of an area that we shouldn't or whether we're making an idol out of outward appearance rather than serving Christ as the main issue. I believe many parents prefer the clean cut look for their children. It does look nice, but it doesn't make that a moral issue. Your preference does not equal a moral issue. Your daughter can be modest in a long skirt with long hair and no makeup, and she can also be immodest in a long skirt with long hair and no makeup because modesty is about the heart. Your son can have tattoos and piercings and still be a deeply committed servant of Christ. This is true regardless of whether or not you agree. Do we remember what God told Samuel? Man looks on the outward appearance, so the Lord looks at the heart. And point number 10 on thoughts on motherhood. I don't think you ever stop being a parent. I think that I've been waiting for the shift in my emotions that is yet to come. When I look at my 17 year old, I still see a baby. I still feel the urge to protect him at all costs. I'm still firmly on his side, willing to believe the best of him. Our relationship has changed. I give more advice than directions or commands. I try hard to listen more than I speak. He's finding his own way as he should, and I applaud and respect that. But even though my head knows he's more man than child now, my heart hasn't quite caught up to it yet. Happy 17th, Benjamin. You are a treasure. And thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. Bye.